right, everybody, welcome to Sunday night service. Amen. Who is glad to be in the house of the Lord together tonight? Hallelujah. Well, we are going to have a fantastic time tonight getting into the Word of God and worshiping. Who was with us this morning, man? We had a great service together today, and we're just going to carry on in for round two tonight. It is going to be awesome. Well, let's go ahead, and we're going to stand up together and speak some words of faith over the United States. Amen. And we're going to keep believing and walking by faith here. Amen. Let's go ahead and say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise tonight. Yeah. And you may be seated. All right. We got plenty of announcements to go over. Got a lot going on right now. Uh, first of all, we want to keep reminding you about our new location, HDWC Midtown Chapel. And we were joined this morning, amen, by a lot of our new family members. Did anybody get to meet some of them this morning? Amen. They were so excited to be with us. And so um, it's going to, the, the location is at Yucca and Kelly. It's the uh, Free Methodist property and the former site of Barstow Christian School. And we are aiming to start a 9 a.m. service there this Sunday. Uh, we're waiting on some final approvals to go through. And if perchance it wasn't this Sunday, it will be sometime very, very soon. So uh, we'll keep you posted on that. But again, there's an awesome, awesome thing taking place right there. So uh, we will keep you in the loop. All right. Uh, let's get into a few announcements here. The men's meeting is going to be coming up on Saturday, October 7th at 9 a.m. Men, are you going to be there? All right, I, I believe you. And so it's going to be 9 a.m., breakfast, Bibles, and bros. And so come on out. We're going to have a great time getting into the Word, eating some breakfast together, and uh, just being together with the guys, all right? And then that same night, October 7th at 6 p.m., uh, the, the uh, citywide worship night, uh, Start It In Me, is going to be at the Midtown Chapel location at 6 p.m. Who's going to come out that night for worship night? Yeah! Super, super excited about this. This will be our first um, event of any kind over there. And so we're going to be joined by lots of other churches and uh, we want all the HDWC family to be together that night and uh, worship the Lord at our new uh, location there. Okay, let's look at some Harvest Fest stuff. Who's excited for Harvest Fest? Harvest Fest is coming up on Friday, October the 27th. And as you know, this is our main event of the whole year. Uh, we are, uh, first of all, you know, we need candy, candy, candy. We are filling up a thousand candy bags. So the first thousand kids in attendance get a uh, candy bag to take home with them. And so we need lots of candy. Um, we got the two bins back there by the info booth. And so uh, there's the annual competition between the 
teenagers and the children. And so whichever side you want to win, you keep bringing the candy and filling up their bucket. And there's also two uh, buckets back there because they're doing a change war. So bring in your coins and put them in there. And whoever wins that is going to get a pizza party. And uh, listen, if you're like 10 years old, there's nothing greater than a pizza party. You might as well win the Super Bowl. It, it's huge, okay? And so let's make sure these kids uh, get that. It's going to be great. And then we have a yard sale coming up. Who loves yard sales? Okay, I mean, that was kind of believable. <laughs> well, even if you don't love yard sales, you love donating to yard sales, don't you? Yeah, all right. So uh, we are having our Harvest Fest yard sale on Saturday, September 30th. That is this coming Saturday. And it's going to start at 8 a.m. And we need donations. We, uh, we need stuff that we can uh, sell at the yard sale. Uh, if you have any large items, uh, if you give us a call, um, the, these flyers are back there with the numbers. Uh, we'll get those picked up. We'll send a pickup truck over to your house. We'll pick it up and get it over there. The yard sale is uh, at the corner of Virginia Way and Muriel. There's a certain young man in the church lives right there, and it's going to be right at his house. Amen. Do anyone know who I'm talking about? Okay. <laughs> it's Raymond. It's Raymond. All right. So uh, anyway, it's going to be in his house, the corner of Virginia Way and Muriel. And of course, all of the proceeds go to Harvest Fest. So we really want to make sure that we take advantage of uh, the opportunity right there. And we're going to make sure that every kid that comes to Harvest Fest gets blessed and hears the gospel that night. All right. And the last thing here is our intentional parenting class. Uh, this is probably um, just about the last night to sign up. Uh, that's going to be starting next Sunday night. Uh, it goes from 4 to 5.30 p.m., and it is a great, great, great class. It's five weeks long, uh, so it'll be every Sunday in October. There's five Sundays in October. The cost is $30. That'll get you uh, the book and the class materials that you need. But this is a really good opportunity uh, because we all need uh, to be very intentional with our parenting and this will show us uh, some strategy and technique to make sure that we are raising godly children so take advantage of this we are a family church and we want to do everything we can to help our family succeed amen all right well that's all of the announcements for right now so who knows what time it is now Yes, it is happy time uh, because God loves a cheerful giver. If you need an envelope, raise your hand. The ushers will get you one. We're going to open our Bibles tonight to Luke chapter 16. Luke 16. Is anybody excited for the word of God? Amen. Luke 16. And we're going to see some of Jesus' words on on money, amen, on finances. And in fact, pastor's going to be teaching on finances tonight. So this is a great night to be uh, listening to uh, some godly wisdom on how we can better handle our finances and the resources that the Lord's given us. So we're going to look at Luke 16, starting at verse 10, and we're in the NLT here. Jesus said, if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, 
you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And how many people, you know, they, they think that if I just had more, then I could really be responsible. If I just had more, then I could really do something. And Jesus says, it's just the opposite. If you can't be, uh, be uh, responsible and honest with the little bit that you have now, there's no way you could handle even more. You'd be in an even bigger mess. And so uh, look down here at verse uh, 11. And if, if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? Who wants the true riches of heaven? Amen. That's not selfish to say. I want it. If Jesus says I can have it, I want it. And Jesus said, and if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? Verse 13, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And so that is so crucial for us as Christians to get a hold of that some one of these things will be in control of you. It's either going to be God or it's going to be money. And you can't serve both. You can't let both control you because I know this much. If I'm really serving God, sometimes there's going to be things that I just have to say no to money-wise sometimes. And and if I'm serving money, sometimes my money's going to say, no, you can't do that for God. Don't even think about it. And so which one am I going to obey? Am I going to obey the route of money or am I going to obey the route of God? You got to pick one. It cannot be both. Jesus said, you can't serve both God and money. Pick one or the other. And I highly advise us, it's a lot better to serve God. Do we know that tonight? Amen. The Proverbs tells us the blessing of the Lord makes you rich and he adds no sorrow with it. That's the path we want to take. Amen. Well, let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. We are going to speak some words of faith over our finances. Then we're going to get into some worship together this evening and have an awesome time here in the Word of God. Let's go ahead and speak these words of faith together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously into the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. You are good. 
you told us if we believe in you the works that you do but we do also even greater works and I just pray for everyone in the building tonight everyone watching through social media but always remember the God factor knowing no matter what's going on you're always with us no matter what's going on it's not us but it's you through us that's moving the mountains in our lives Father thank you that when we look at great big problems, we're going to see great big testimony because we know that you're turning it around. Thank you, Lord, that tonight, as we look at things in the Word of God about your way to manage our finances, manage our money, that it won't make any difference what gas costs, what groceries cost, what clothing costs, what things cost, because we know that you are behind your word. And you said in Philippians 4.19, if we follow the plan, you will liberally supply and fill to their full our every need according to your riches and glory, not according to the world economy or America's economy, but according to heaven's economy. Thank you, Father, that we're going to see things and get things. And the Christians that sit under our leadership we're going to know what to do and then it's between them and you if they follow the plan. And Lord, I know if they do, they will come out on top every time and never be poor and never stay broke. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Man, isn't it wonderful to know that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And I think about so many different things about my walk with the Lord. But something I learned years ago, nothing on this earth ever catches him off guard. Amen. Back a few years ago when gasoline was down to two-something a gallon, he knew $6 was coming. He never changed. He's got the answers. It doesn't make any difference if the world has a good economy or a bad economy. We've got a covenant with God. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Man, get excited about that because God has a plan for your life. And, you, and God, God cares more about your money than you do. Amen. You just got to love him more than you love money. Amen. I was looking at, well, put this up on the screen. Uh, Show this book right here as soon as we see it. I'll wait till you get to sit on there. You can sit in my hand, but the picture's better. A picture is worth a thousand words, but if you don't have the picture, I still got the thousand words. Okay, there we are. What this says 
This is nuggets of gold uh, by Pastor Samples for your finances. And what this is, I was telling Mrs. Pastor Day, I started preaching back in 1981, so that's been a few years ago. After lots and lots and lots of years, when I'm preaching, a lot of times things will come out of me by the Holy Ghost because how many know that with anointed gods on you, supernatural things happen? And you say things that your head doesn't know. But uh, I was looking at things to show about these financials. I'm going to teach this again next week. going to add on to it. But uh, I was looking at things to show out of the bookstore, and I saw this. I thought, wow, what's in that? Because I haven't looked at this thing for a long time. And it shocked me that Jesus said this through me. Now listen to this. And this will be good news for tithers. And for resistors, it should quicken you to want to be a tither. I made this statement concerning tithing one time. Don't know when, but she said I did and wrote it down here, so I must have. It says, bring all the tithe to the storehouse so your storehouse, which is your goods, your checking accounts, your stuff, so your storehouse won't be the poorhouse. That's what God promised. He said, He said, you bring the tithe in, open the windows of heaven, pour out my blessing, won't be room enough to receive it. And he said, I personally, God said, I will rebuke the devil for you off your stuff. So I'm going to say it again. Bring all the tithe to the storehouse so your storehouse won't be the poorhouse. You know, I, I just think about some ask a question. How many of you, this generation, knows what the poorhouse is? Well, back in Indiana when I was growing up, and even back when we were in the ministry, we went to the county poorhouse to minister to people a few times. The poorhouse, they used to have them everywhere. Indiana had one in every county. That, they didn't have all these welfare programs and free money to give away that's not really money they have. It's just getting America in trouble when they give it. But anyway, they didn't take care of people back then from the government like they do now. And so families and people that couldn't get along, they had what's called the poorhouse, great big place where people come and live and people stay. They take care of them. And nobody wanted to go to the poorhouse. But everybody was glad if they had it really got down to the bottom, couldn't get up, that they had a poorhouse. And so God said, bring your money into the storehouse so you would have to live in the poorhouse. And then listen to this here. You are counting dollars, but God is counting souls. You know what that means? God said, bring the tithe to the storehouse so there'll be meat in my house, spiritual food. And God wants to have a place where people can come and get fed. But when sinners, unsaved people come to a church, they're not bringing a tithe in. Somebody before them has to buy the chairs. Somebody before them has to pay the bills. Somebody before them has to have things set up so they can come in. And so every time we tithe, God is seeing souls because of more money to take care of the place for people to come in. Amen? And so anyways, lots of things that we don't see that he does. But I like that. I'm going to preach too, but I like reading this. Uh, now this is a good one. It pays to serve God. It isn't a curse. And I'll tell you exactly where that came from. I was preparing a sermon one Sunday morning years ago, and it must be because we had a little house that had so many kids in it. I would sit at the piano bench and eat my breakfast off the ledge of the piano while I was writing my sermon down because we had a lot of kids running around. And things happened. I was sitting there, and we were really struggling to make it in life. And I was a pastor. That was instead of preaching to people the things I am now, except I didn't have a lot to show for it because we didn't have a lot. To, didn't have a lot. And so it was really hard for me to preach to people about how good God was financially when it didn't look too good for us. But I preached it because the Bible said it, not because I had it. And that's what you need to be about the Bible if it says it, but it doesn't make any difference. 
if it's working in your life yet, keep saying what the Bible says. Amen. So I was sitting there, and the Lord says, I'm going to use the Samples family to demonstrate that it pays to serve me and it's not a curse. It was a lot of years before I saw that come to pass, but we're living pretty good now. And we wasn't born with a silver spoon in our mouth. We didn't have some rich people take care of us. We just did what I'm going to teach tonight and have done it and done it and done it and done it for years. And now people look at us and think, wow, they got a pretty good family. They got it made. Well, a lot of years we didn't have it made. We had to preach it whether we had it or not because the Bible says it. So I'm telling you right now, God wants to use your family to demonstrate to the people in your realm of influence that it pays to serve him and it's not a curse. Amen. Amen. And then one more book I want to show you. It's a simple little book called Obedience in Finances. Obedience in Finances. And just like everything else in the kingdom of God, there's always the God part and the man part. The Lord has so much he wants to do in our lives We've got to obey him in the little things before we start seeing the greater things. Amen? That was, that was a question. Amen? Amen. That's the right answer. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. So today, we're going to be talking about God's plan for your finances. And uh, you remember sometimes that Jesus would say, the word would say, Jesus knew their thoughts? Well, as soon as I said that title... I'm not a mind reader, but I know there's some people thinking, I didn't know God had a plan for my finances. That's why I'm preaching so you know he's got a plan. And he wants you to know the plan, to follow the plan. But turn to Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3 and 4. Proverbs 24, verse 3 and 4. And I wrote this down this morning, so I just want to read what I wrote. If there's ever been a time that believers need the wisdom and blessing of God on their finances, it's now. How many agree with that? Well, I'll tell you what. I've, I've got gas. i got the Sabrina's. You catch that one? I'll tell you what. <laughs> That's an inside joke. But I've got, I've got gas buddy on my phone. Has anybody got the gas buddy app? It is so nice. It is so nice, especially right now, the way prices are going up and down. Look at Gas Buddy. And the station that was the cheapest last week is 60 cents more this week than the one was high last week. It is such a shocker. You look at it and you see what's going on there. You think, man, I'm going to go get gas there again today. I got it there two days ago. And all of a sudden, that one is 60, 80 cents higher than somebody else. But it doesn't change Philippians 419. But it still is a shocker to the system. Out of all my 72 years of living, I've never seen the gasoline do what it's doing right now. This is really weird. But that's why I made that statement. There's ever a time we need to know the plan of God. It's now. Because it sure is nice to be able to get in your vehicle and go somewhere and not be concerned about, I'm going to choose gasoline today or are we going to eat next week? You know, the good news is you can do both if you follow the plan. And then also... There's a spiritual side and a natural side to receiving God's best. You can't violate natural laws and be able to get God's best. Amen. You can't violate uh, financial wisdom 
and get God's best. And Jesus told me years ago, there's a spiritual side and a natural side, but the spiritual always determines the natural. The spiritual always determines the natural, good or bad. But for what we're talking about, now get this, it takes both. But we must always put the spiritual first and yet not ignore the natural. Amen. If all you do is spiritual things that violate natural laws, things aren't going to work. But if all you do is the natural things and don't have God involved with it, they're still not going to do all that God wants them to do. And so I'm going to look at these verses right here and read those, read these. And this is going to be our primary verses for these things we'll be teaching on uh, God's plan for your finances. It says, through wisdom, and I put a line under that in my Bible. I put yellow, but I put a line because that's important. Through wisdom is a house builded. And by understanding, I put a line under understanding, is it established? And by knowledge, I put a line under that. Wisdom, understanding, knowledge, shall the chambers, the rooms be filled with all pleasant and precious riches. And so there's three things that are keys to God's plan. And number one is God's wisdom. And wisdom is not some spooky word, some weird word that you just think it's something that comes floating down. All of a sudden you got wisdom. Wisdom means the plan. It says through wisdom is a house built. And think, of, think about a house. If it's going to be a real house built by real people that know what they're doing, first thing they're going to do is you're going to sit down and look at blueprints. You're going to get your house designed so you know what to do. I knew a guy years ago uh, from down in Kentucky, and where I came from, things were a little bit different, uncoded than they are here in California. But this guy built his own house. I said he'd never used a level or tape measure. He's proud of that place. <laughs> he just built it, just started building it. And he decided he wanted a room over here, he'd build one there. Decided he wanted something here, he'd do something over here. And he said, winder. If I want a winder over here, put my winder over here. And his window would sit crooked like that, and like that, like that. So proud of that. He bragged on it. He didn't have a, pl a plan. He didn't just, he just started to do whatever popped into his mind. And so talking about uh, uh, building your financial house, you need a plan. You can't go just do whatever pops into your mind. There's sometimes that God puts money in your hands you think, wow, that's an extra special blessing. And I learned 40-some years ago that if I got blessed with money I didn't have, my first thing to do was to ask him, what's this about? And uh, he taught me from 2 Corinthians chapter 8, says that he gives uh, seed to the sower and food to the eater. And so I said, Lord, he told me to ask him to say, is this seed or is this feed? If it was seed, he gave me money to sow for my future because he saw a need coming. And so I had to plant financial seed. Maybe it was to help somebody else out. Maybe to help a church to do something. But that was seed because he saw a need coming. Amen. And so he had to go up and see if there was need. And then he told me, if it's feed, blow it. Do whatever you want to with it. It's your money because that's feed. That's for you. Use it for whatever you want to. But find out, first of all, from him, what's this for? Is this something you gave me to plant for the future? Or is this something you gave me because you want my family to have a good vacation and just go have fun? 
And a lot of times he's blessed us over the years to do that. And so for the financial plan to build your financial house, you got to go to the one that has the plan. Amen. Otherwise, now you're going to live, you're going to be having a, a lot of debt going on. Had the money come, you could have paid the debt off and you just go blow it. And then when your house is no good and storms blow it over really easy because you have no foundation, because you had no plan, then you wonder how come. Well, how come the samples are doing so good? How come McNeil's are doing so good? You think it might be because we had a plan and we followed the plan? You think it might be we didn't just blow everything got into our hand? I think so. There's been so many times that we've had abundance, that there's some big deal going on with family events or something like that, and we could have went, but we knew, no, that's something we don't need to do. We need to save our money. We need to hold on to the money. Amen. I found out a long time ago I would rather be a God pleaser than a people pleaser. I've had people get mad at me because I wouldn't go blow my money with them like they did because I knew God didn't want me to. And I knew there was going to come a time in the future I would need that. And then I wanted to make sure I didn't have to try to find a cover story, tell somebody how come I couldn't pay them. Well, we just don't have it when the truth would have been. Well, we chose that we wanted to spend all this money at Disney or Knoxbury Farms or whatever it was because you always got to tell the truth because God doesn't like lies. And so if you've got money for stuff, and you don't have a plan to know what to do with the money, and you get in trouble, at least be truthful. I learned, I, learned, I learned something a long time ago in life, especially as a Christian. I don't make up lies about stuff because if there's things going on where I'm being challenged and somebody's questioning me about it in authority or somebody else, if I tell the truth and then they ask me again a year later and I want to hear that story again, I don't have to think, well, what did I tell them? I just tell them the truth again. And then somebody else asks me from another angle, about the story, I don't have to think, well, what did I tell that last guy? I just tell the truth. Well, when it comes down to the plan of God, if you just follow the plan every time, then you never know, you don't, never got to wonder, what's the plan? Because you did it last time, you did it today, you're still following the plan. You stick with the plan, which comes from God. And so, wisdom writer, I'd rather have the fan but I need my notes too. <laughs> and so wisdom right here, I'm looking at this as following the plan of God. Wisdom is the plan of God. And I'm thinking about the plan as I'm laying a foundation for what we're going to be teaching here. Think about the plan for a house or for a building. If you got blueprints, one of the first things, I mean, if you got a half a brain, one of the first things you want to do is have a foundation and a good foundation. And Jesus taught about this in the Gospels. He taught about uh, that the Word of God said if a man should build a house and laid a foundation. And then when the storms came, because it had a good foundation laid on the Word of God, that the storms couldn't blow the house over. But the man that built a house without having a foundation, when the storms came, it blew him away. And so I think about a foundation plan. I'm going to take some time tonight about how to get the wisdom of God. Reason being, because I'm laying a foundation for what we're going to be teaching. And if you don't know how to lay the right financial foundation, nothing else I say is going to matter. And if you're building a house, how many have you been watching the bridge come up down there? First Street Bridge. Well, we're, we're at Barstow. Everybody knows what bridge. Uh, <laughs> duh, we got one bridge. 
I got to have help from the front row. And so, so anyway, in just normal driving, like driving on the 15, all you see is the top you're driving on. And, you know, if you don't think about life, you just think that's what a bridge is, something you drive on. But they spend a whole lot longer on the foundation of the bridge than they do on what you see. And so in our lives, for the financial plan for our lives, we've got to take time from God, know the plan for the foundation. And then once we know the plan on the foundation, I like to look at it this way sometimes. Most of the people I know took a long time to get the mess they are financially. They didn't just all of a sudden in one week, they're loaded with debt. They had bad habits for lots of years because they didn't know what to do. Didn't mean there's bad people, they're just ignorant, they didn't know what to do. And so because it took years to get in the mess that they're in, you ought to give God a little time to help you get out of the mess because if you don't have a foundation this time, you'll be in trouble again in just a short time again. So until you get the foundation and the plan laid, you're not going to know what to do yet. And I think what Pastor Dave said this morning about the, about the parents that just give the quick bell out to their kids like that, they're doing them no favors. That's why America today has so many ghettos, so many street people, so many bad things going on because America's not helping people if they just bail them out and bail them out and bail them out and bail them out. And guess what? God, my father, is smarter than politicians. And God will have mercy and help us endure and help us survive. But at the same time, he expects us to learn. He wants us to know what to do. And so we need to take the time after I show you how to get the plan to lay your foundation and you'll have to start laying your foundation a day at a time, a week at a time, a month at a time. And once you've developed right financial habits, you'll have a foundation. And then you have that foundation laid, a solid foundation, then God can start adding to you. Did you notice it said, filled with all pleasant and pleasant riches? That means... This person got their house built, and then God started filling up with good stuff. And your life, once you get the foundation laid, then God can start putting good things into your life because he knows you'll know how to manage them. You know what to do. And so it's so critical, as I talk about the foundation, the wisdom of God and the plan, says the first thing, you've got to lay the foundation. So on that foundation, it's going to be you as Christians. If you've had a lot of years of wrong financial decisions, they give God a season so you start making right decisions. Amen. To me, I see it like a boat. And we're out in the desert, so a lot of people don't know what a boat is out there hardly. But uh, a boat, and I'm just saying this in general, if you've never been in a boat, you don't know. But in a boat, if you've got a little leak in it, a lot of times a little scooper, you can have this little boat or a coffee can, you get the water out. And you want to get back in and fix the hole. But a lot of people's finances cause of mismanagement are like a boat with a hole in it. Debt keeps coming in. You're trying to bail it out, but you're not fixing the hole. <clears throat> so you need to fix the hole in your boat so you can float and keep going through life. If you don't fix the hole, then no matter how much money God gives you, it's going to go. That makes sense. Amen. And so that's what this foundation business is. 
we're talking about the blueprint, the first thing you've got to do is lay the foundation because if you don't get the right foundation laid, it makes no difference. How much money you get, if you get, if you get a thousand dollars, it's blown. If you got nothing, you don't blow it. If you get 10,000, it's blown. If by chance God give you a big inheritance, you get a hundred thousand dollars, it's blown because your boat's got a hole in it. So you've got to know what to do. And so, uh, and the wisdom means to get the plan. And then I want you to notice also, he talks about the knowledge, the understanding. And understanding means you need to know from the Holy Spirit the steps of action to begin to accomplish the plan. Number one, you got to know the plan. And so it's nice on blueprints to see a house on blueprints, see the rooms, the bathroom, the bedrooms, <clears throat> excuse me, and where you're going to have everything. But if you don't know the first thing is to have the foundation and you're going to build your house and you think the first step is put the chimney on the roof, it's not going to be a very good house. You've got to know the first step to do to follow the plan. And so in your financial arena, once you see the plan, and I'll tell you, part of God's plan is he said in 3 John 2, above all else, I want you to prosper and to be in health. And so we know what the end result is, is you're a prosperous Christian. Prosperous Christian doesn't mean you're a millionaire. Unless God has you living in a millionaire place where it takes millions to live. Because God wants us to be a representative. So wherever we live at, God wants us to always be people to have more than enough. Our kids are dressed good nice cars, and people look at us and they don't feel sorry for us, but they think they want to be like us. Not because we have money, but because we have Jesus that follow the plan, we got money. And so that could be a little bit of money or a lot of money depending on where you're at, amen? And so you don't measure God's prosperity by dollars. You measure it by his blessing on your life for where he has you planted because whether you know it or not, we are all missionaries wherever we are. Missionary, the Bible simply means a sent one. We were sent to California a long time ago. Amen. And then we've been sent to different neighborhoods to live places since we've been here. We've always known the number one thing where we lived at wasn't just for our comfort, but it's for the people around us to get to know us so we can share our love of Jesus with them. Amen. And so God wants us as people to know the plan. He wants you to prosper and be in health. That's the plan. But then we've got to have the understanding, which is the steps. But what's the step to accomplish the plan? And we'll be talking about that later on. We'll be talking about the wisdom, the understanding, and the knowledge. And then the knowledge, notice these words, how this is phrased right here. <clears throat> knowledge, with, by knowledge shall all the chambers be filled, shall all the chambers be filled with all present, pleasant, precious, and pleasant riches, and so when you know the plan and you know the steps and you begin to take the first step, when you put it into action, one step at a time to accomplish the plan, then you're going to start seeing results. So wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Wisdom is what's the master plan. Understanding is what's the steps. And I, I, myself, I've learned over the years that majority of the time in my life, I've never really seen step two until I took step one. 
What's the good? It's going to know to all the steps if you're not going to take the first one. Amen. You can't skip steps. When you lay that foundation, if you don't have whatever it is you're using, re-rod, you know, the steel they put in it, and the right kind of cement, and going down deep enough and having things right, what difference does it make then about where you can put the chimney if the foundation's faulty? Amen. And so you've got to know the first step. And I was thinking when I was looking at this again today, that think about uh, Joshua, Pastor Dave's teaching on Joshua. How many are loving that on Sunday morning? Amen. Amen. Joshua's always been one of my big inspirations. But think about this. I thought about this for the statement I just made about the first step. He told them, I'm giving you Canaan. So what's the plan? You're getting all this land. All This, this is yours. But what's their first step? He said, the priest stepped in the water. If the priest hadn't taken that, had, hadn't took that test and touched the water with their feet, the Jordan River never would have stopped. If they didn't cross the Jordan, they didn't go in. Somebody had to take the first step. And so in our lives, for God's financial plan, as we get into this, and you're more and more seeing things, then when God shows you the first step, if you don't take it, you might as well forget it. Your boat still got a hole in it. Still going to sink. Amen. And so that knowledge there says, by knowledge, by knowledge, saw the rooms be filled with the pleasant and precious riches. And I think about that, shall they be filled? Well, if they're being filled, isn't that an action thing? Something's taking place? Because you've got knowledge now of the plan. You've got knowledge of what to do, the steps. But nothing happens to you, start taking them. Amen. You can look at blueprints all you want to and talk about the great house you're going to get. Because we are we faith people make good confessions? Man, you ought to see the car I'm getting. You ought to see the job. I'm getting this job. I'm getting this car. Oh, we're getting a new house. Uh, our kids are going to go to this school, whatever it is. That, that's all good faith confession because God wants you blessed. But if you don't do something to head that direction, people go after a while and think, man, these guys are nuts. Man, all they do is talk this and nothing ever happens. Well, it wasn't because God didn't do his part. Because God is not a man that he should lie. God always, by the Holy Spirit, lets his people know in their heart what to do. And like Pastor Dave said, like that definition of courage this morning, it says courage, I'm just kind of, par I got it in my notes, but it's something like this. He says, when you do something that you're afraid to do. Amen. I found out in life before, it's a very fearful thing to change jobs. Amen. Unless you're just getting little nothing jobs that don't do anything for your life. But I know when I had eight kids and things going on, when it was an opportunity to make more money to change jobs, it's really, really, really tough to burn your bridge behind you and step out with no pay, step into better pay. But when God has put it in your heart something to do, then it takes courage. And that's what Joshua was teaching about there. But for us as believers, for our financial plan, when God puts the steps in our heart, what to do, and we don't take them, but we're still, still talking 